0: Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went to the Galilean town of Nazareth, up to Bethlehem in Judah, David's town for the census. As a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her birth and she gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger, because there was no room in the hostel.
1: All right, hurry up. Everyone, in your places, in your places. We, we're starting in five minutes, unless there's a glitch and uh, we don't go live. But otherwise, we're planning on going live, so we all gotta be ready. So I, first of all, I need all the shepherds. That's right. Line up, line up all the shepherds. Behind the shepherds, we need the sheep. There you go. And then behind them, uh, the three wise men. Okay, Jacob, where is your frankincense? Come on, I, we asked you to hold on to it. Does anyone know where Jacob's frankincense is? Please, we've got to get this on. And then, okay, once we find the frankincense, then angels behind them. All right, there you go. And behind them, those, oh, you guys look so cute in your little cow and your little donkey outfits. Look at you. You look wonderful. All right. Um, Joseph and Mary. Yes. Joseph, how many times have I told you quit swinging baby Jesus? Now, we all know it's a doll, but come on, Joseph. All right. Joseph, just give baby Jesus To Mary there you go okay Um, and last of all but not least uh, where's the midwife no one knows where the midwife is where's the midwife have you asked that question before how many nativity scenes how many nativity pageants have you been to and have seen Mary's midwife I don't know of many at all. In fact, I've never seen them. But there's others who have. Even though in the Western church, we have quickly forgot that Mary did have a midwife, there's evidence that in the Eastern Christian church, the Eastern Orthodox church, that they did know of Mary. And Mary was, I mean, the midwife. Mary's midwife. They knew that was important. And in fact, just 145 years after Jesus was no longer here on this earth, the Proto-Evangelium of James was written. And in there, we find the record of Jesus's birth in far greater detail than we do in Matthew and Luke. The scripture that was just read for us very, very generic, not a lot of details. It's just, boom, that's it. But if you ever have the opportunity to read the Proto-Evangelium of James, you'll find some amazing things, including the presence of Mary's midwife. Listen to just a few of these lines. And I, Joseph, saw a woman coming down from the hill country, and she said to me, Oh man, "'Whether are you going?' And I said, "'I am seeking a Hebrew midwife.' And she answered and said to me, "'Are you of Israel?' And I said to her, "'Yes.' And she said, "'And who is it that is bringing forth in the cave?' And I said, "'A woman betrothed to me.' And the midwife went away with him." So 145 years later, there is still the tradition that the midwife was present at Jesus' birth. Now, fast forward through many centuries until you come to the 15th century, and in the Eastern Church, there is an icon called the Nativity of Christ. If you look at your screen, you will see some amazing details that are recorded here. If you notice at the very top there is a star and the star shines down and instead of shining down on a manger instead you see that rocks and that ties back to what we heard earlier this idea of being a cave that jesus was born in and if you notice on one side and on the other at the very top there are the angels and beneath them you find the wise men on one side and the shepherds on the other. Positioned in between them is Mary. And just to Mary's right is baby Jesus wrapped up in swaddling clothes. Now, down on the left-hand side, do you see that guy sitting there? He has a halo around his head, kind of thinking, pondering. That's Joseph. And next to Joseph, there is this older man And that has been identified as Satan. And the idea being that Satan is actually tempting Joseph to doubt this whole phenomena. But where I would like us to especially focus is on the right-hand side, in the lower corner. There you find a picture of two women with baby Jesus in between. And they're preparing to give him a bath. These women are Jesus's midwives. They are the ones responsible for bringing him into the world and helping his mother birth him. One of the responsibilities of them was to literally give that child its first bath. So this idea of Mary having a midwife or midwives is prevalent in the eastern side of christianity but not on the western and it makes me wonder why because the bible we find evidence in the scripture that they were aware of midwives in genesis we have rachel and rachel is getting ready to give birth to her child and the text says that she gave birth to one and then her midwife said to her wait a minute, Rachel, there's a number two in there. And then later on, we read in Exodus chapter 1 that there were two midwives who were responsible for helping the Israelite women give birth. And Pharaoh says to them, Israel is getting too populated. You need to not do your job as effectively as you might. Let some of them die here and there. So this idea of midwives is an ancient idea. And even in Egypt, it's fascinating that there are manuscripts that have been found that detail how a midwife is to work. And in Greece, there's other things that we find there where it actually describes the conditions and the characteristics that you want of a midwife. But the one that amazed me the most was what I found in Psalm 71, verse 6. I know I've read this text before, and I think I just passed it over and really didn't stop and pay attention to it. Listen to these words, where the writer says, From the time I was born i have depended on you god you brought me out of my mother's body i will praise you forever the writer is using the imagery of a midwife for god and it not only appears here it's in psalms 22 Verse 9, it says, But you, God, brought me out of my mother's body. You made me trust in you, even when I was at my mother's breast. Again, the image is that it is God himself that is the midwife who helps each life enter into this world. And yet, we continue to overlook Mary's midwife. I pondered that this week, and I thought, well, what lessons might I learn from thinking about Mary's midwife and how she is overlooked by so many of us? And I came to two lessons that I found appropriate to my life, and I will share with you. Number one, grasp how influential your life is, even when you feel like you're being overlooked. You know what it feels like, right? To be overlooked, to go unnoticed, to go unappreciated. You do something at home, at work, at school, and no one even notices, no one says thank you. It leaves you feeling kind of raw inside. Perhaps you're in a group of people, and you notice that everyone has someone to talk to except you. And when you walk up to a group of people, they just seem to continue their conversation as if you're not even there. And it's those very moments that we can think that our life really doesn't matter, that we're not having a significant impact upon other people. And that's when I stop and I think about Mary's midwife. In my mind, I imagine that Mary's midwife, was in her home, and all of a sudden, there's a knock on her door. And there is a male, a male that she has seen many different times with many different faces. It's a father-to-be, nervous, anxious, pleading with her to please come with him for the midwife. This is just another couple. It's just another job that she's going to do. And when she arrives at the cave, she walks in, and there's the mother in labor, and she goes about her job. She does it diligently. She does it faithfully, and she brings this young boy, this young infant, into the world safely, and at the same time protecting the health of that mother. Because she understands in the first century Palestine how vulnerable it, these mothers are, especially the first time mothers. Literally, their lives are in her hands. But with her job done, she bids them good night and returns to her home. Perhaps not even thinking much about what just took place. She had done this dozens of times for different couples. I don't even think she imagined in her mind the possibility of what that baby might become because of her. Because she was faithful in doing her job. I don't think she realized how for centuries to come, that infant would mold and shape people's lives in a very powerful way. But she didn't have to worry about that. She was faithful in what she had been called to do in life. I think about the people that influenced my life. People that I imagine never knew how much they had impacted me. I think about my camp, camp, my camp counselor. I was 11, 12 years old. I don't remember his name, but there are certain things about him that still are right here. I remember my teachers. I remember people that I worked with. All of them in different ways have influenced and shaped my life. And the reality is that no matter how overlooked you may feel at times, how insignificant you may feel, that like you may not even feel like you belong in the nativity scene. The reality is, you are influencing people's lives that you don't even have a hint of how much impact you're making. And all we're asked to do is to be true to ourselves, to be authentic. And that will have its impact this rippling effect upon other people. I think Jesus captured this in its true essence when he told a parable, a story, about a a man who went out and sowed seed into his land. The text says that some fell on good soil and some fell on soil that wasn't so good, but he didn't worry about it. I would imagine that man went to bed that night and slept quite well because he had done his job. And that's what we're to do. We are placed here on this earth to live our life authentically and realize that we are influencing people, but don't worry about it. It's happening. And so that's the first lesson I learned from Mary's midwife. And the second one is to understand that each of us have a part to play into birthing something new into our world. That we can be a part of that, of bringing something new into our world that can make a difference. One area that we can do that is in the area of tangible areas, areas that we can see art, artists, creative people. I listened to the musicians tonight. I've heard those songs before, but I haven't heard them played in that way by these people. They brought their own gifts, their own expressions, their own talents And they shared those with us in a new way. You see it in paintings and sculptures, books, poetry. And then I think not only of the artistic side, I think about inventions. Two years ago, if someone had said that we would be able to develop a vaccine for a pandemic in a matter of months... We wouldn't have believed them. But look at what happens when people come together and are willing to play a part in birthing something new into our world. Here in Phoenix, and I don't have the guts yet, but they are testing self-driving cars, and instead of getting an Uber or Lyft, you get one of these, and No one's driving it, and you sit in the back. I I don't have the guts to try it yet. But think about all these different inventions and how we're trying to get cleaner air so that we can have a healthier planet. All of these changes. And so we have these tangible areas, but we also have the intangibles. The possibility of birthing something new into our world that is intangible, something that doesn't have form, that they're ideas. I think back about the Old Testament, and I think about the prophets, and then I think about Jesus, and I think about his followers, and I think about the spiritual men and women who followed after Jesus. All of them were willing to think outside the box They were willing to look at those things that had been treasured and held on to. Those beliefs, those doctrines, those traditions, those practices. What was considered to be orthodoxy. And then they asked the question, What if? What if we looked at it this way? And there were people that looked at them and said, Heretics. Heretics. There were people that were more interested in maintaining the status quo and not changing, not ruffling things up and making it hard and different and change things for other people. Just leave everything the way it is. But there were people who were willing to look at it differently. And I don't know what happened. Why are we so afraid at times to look at things differently. I think about our view of God. Our world is developed and changed, and yet a lot of people still want to hold on to a perception of a first-century God or even earlier than that. Is it time for us to rethink about God? Is it time for us to rethink about humanity? Is it time to rethink about the Bible? Our world and how it's all intertwined together. And again, the voice may be saying out there, heresy! But people heard that before and they still had the courage to go on. And now it's up to us. Are we willing to birth something new into our world that will make us a people who can live in peace with each other? Who can really be compassionate toward each other? Who can realize that we have far more in common with each other than we do different than each other? You know why this is important tonight on Christmas Eve? Is because you and I right now are setting the tone for the next generation. If we can fully understand that our lives matter and that we are impacting other people, and if we have the courage to birth something new into our world... Think about the children growing up and watching and seeing that in us. Because tonight, tomorrow night, and the days moving into the future, there will be more births, more lives coming into our world. Always in the same way, born of the seed of a man and a woman. And no angels will herald their beginnings. No prophets will predict their future courses. No wise men will see a star to show where they are to find this baby. And yet, each moment. Each time a baby is born, it is truly a holy moment. And you and I will be left to ponder the mystery of these new lives and the impact they may have on our world. Christmas Eve, an appropriate time to pause and to look back and to beware of the present and to dream again for the future. That is how we honor Jesus. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online-giving Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.